0: Uh, the uh, Christmas uh, gift from the church that has been a blessing to me uh, with the, the recliner to help me get better rest. And it has made a huge difference. And I certainly appreciate that. So many of you that uh, have been asking about that. Um, my health is still, uh, it's doing better in some areas. and other areas, it's about the, about the same. But there's been some improvement in some areas, which I'm optimistic about, thankful for. And uh, we'll be seeing the doctor again about some things that are not getting much better yet, uh, seeing if there's anything more that can be done there. But uh, certainly God has been giving me better rest, and I thank the Lord for that. Uh, In fact, even last night, just uh, had to get up in the middle of the night and uh, was just so much more rested. And I thank the Lord for uh, the ability to be able to rest much better. I appreciate so many of you that have been praying for that. And... um, I want to remind you that on um, Wednesday the 20th, this would be the Wednesday night before uh, Christmas, that we will be having um, uh, Christmas caroling that night. We will meet here uh, regular time. As far as I know right now, if we decide to meet a few minutes early, I'll let you know that next week for sure. Uh, but right now we're planning on meeting at 7 o'clock. And uh, we'll take our, our, have our prayer time uh, together and have a short um, time with uh, the Scriptures. And then we will load up um, the coach, and uh, some of the some of the folks may caravan with their cars if they live uh, close to where we're going to end up, and that may be easier for them to get home. Uh, but we'll do that, go out and carol uh, to a few of the folks in the area that are shut-ins, not able to get out, and then uh, we'll have just a real brief period. Well, not, it may not be brief. It depends on how long you all want to take. But those of you that would like to come back to the church afterwards, we'll have some Uh, some hot chocolate and a a dessert here, time of fellowship afterwards if you'd like to come and be a part of that afterwards. That'll be on uh, Wednesday the 20th. And so I want to remind you of that if you'd like to come be a part of that. And then, Lord willing, on the uh, Sunday of Christmas Eve, which is the 24th, uh, Lord willing, I'll be teaching on and preaching on uh, the Tower of the Flock. And again, if you've never heard of that or don't know what that is, Uh, Let me encourage you not to miss that. Uh, If you would maybe have some friends and family that you would like to bring in that day, it would be a wonderful uh, message to bring them out. if they don't normally come other times of the year. A lot of times they're willing to come on Christmas or Easter, things like that, and certainly an opportunity to bring uh, folks to church that normally would not come. So I want to remind you of that and encourage you in that. Uh, we're going to start today, and we'll probably do next Sunday afternoon as well. Um, I want to give you, uh, and I'll, I'll even make some of these uh, things available to you if you'd like me to next Sunday. I'll have copies if you'd want them. But I want to go through Scripture and show uh, a number of prophecies. I've got about 42, 43 of them so far that I have written down. A number of prophecies that the Lord Jesus Christ fulfilled from the Old Testament... Uh, and then with regarding His coming in the New Testament. And uh, there, there are so many times that you'll meet uh, what some people refer to themselves as an atheist. Most of them, I've found, are not truly atheistic, but they're at least agnostic. And um, they often they, they say, well, how do you know that Jesus is the Messiah? How do you know that He is the Savior? Well, the best way I know to tell him is I know because he lives inside of me. He's made such a change in my life. But uh, it would help us sometimes to be aware of, and so we're going to give you some of these uh, things that were mentioned of the Lord Jesus. The amazing thing about Christ's fulfillment of prophecy is that uh, chances of someone making just uh, uh, a future uh, prediction, if let's say, And it coming true are astronomical, of even one of them coming true. Um, When you start seeing how many there are of the prophecies that the Lord Jesus Christ fulfilled in full, not just in part, you don't have to stretch and wonder, is this uh, a fulfillment of that prophecy? Uh, He he literally fulfills them just powerfully. Uh, By the time you get through with that, uh, if your faith ever was shaken or if you come across people who just seem to struggle with the fact that they can't grasp that the Lord Jesus Christ is the Son of God that came as a Savior of mankind's uh, sin, uh, then uh, by the time you study these prophecies, uh, it certainly should give confirmation to your heart and help strengthen your faith. And so we're going to look at several of these uh, this afternoon. We'll look at several of them again uh, next Sunday. And I, I know that it's hard sometimes to move Back and forth through our Bibles a lot, so we're going to try to do this as best we can. We're going to primarily be in uh, some, some mostly, in, or a lot of it in Genesis, and then a lot of it in Matthew uh, through Luke. So, kind of those two sections of the Bible. We have a little bit in Isaiah, uh, uh, some in Jeremiah, and and one in Psalms. So, uh, we're going to try to keep it fairly simple to turn back and forth. But I want you to see uh, the Old Testament prophecy uh and what it was and then how Christ fulfilled it uh in the new testament uh let's begin in Genesis chapter number 3 and uh we're going to start in verse number uh verse number 14 and the lord god said unto the serpent because thou hast done this thou art cursed above all cattle and above every beast of the field upon thy belly shalt thou go and the dust of, uh, shalt thou eat uh, all the days of thy life And I will put enmity between thee and the woman, and between thy seed and her seed. Now, we're not talking about the seed of a snake, that that there's a physical snake whose seed is going to be at enmity with the woman. But we're speaking here of literally Satan and uh, the things that he uh, brings about, and Christ, who's going to come through the birth of a, through the, the, the woman, and that the woman's um, going to be the one that the Lord Jesus Christ comes, at, comes through uh, by the birth uh, that a woman gives to Him. And so we find that, that Christ isn't going to come, as a lot of the Jews believed, uh, as a triumphant king. He's going to be born of a woman, uh, and He's going to have a lowly birth at that. And so we find here in the very beginning, in Genesis chapter 3, that part of the curse of the serpent was that God was going to put enmity between the seed of the serpent and the seed of the woman, or between the, 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 the serpent and the seed of the woman. Not necessarily the seed of the serpent, but, the, but between the serpent himself, which is Satan, and the, the, the woman's seed. All right. So it says that he, uh, it shall bruise thy head, and thou shalt bruise uh, his heel. And certainly uh, Satan bruised Jesus' heel at the time of Calvary. But uh, but Christ certainly uh, defeated Satan and uh, bruised the serpent's head uh, with the resurrection from the dead. And so we find here that the first prophecy that we find is in uh, the idea that he's going to be born of a woman. So let's go to Matthew chapter 1. You can hold your place in Genesis. We're going to be right back there. And that will make it a little bit easier for you. Matthew chapter number 1. We'll begin in verse number 18. Matthew chapter 1 verse number 18. Now the birth of Jesus Christ was on this wise when as his mother Mary was espoused to Joseph. Before they came together she was found with child of the Holy Ghost. And Joseph her husband being a just man and not willing to make her a public example was minded to put her away privily. But while he thought on these things, behold, the angel of the Lord appeared unto him in a dream, saying, Joseph, thou son of David, fear not to take unto thee Mary thy wife, for that which is conceived in her is of the Holy Ghost. And she shall bring forth a son, and thou shalt call his name Jesus, for he shall save his people from their sins. And this is the fulfillment of the Lord Jesus Christ being born of a woman. Not just a woman, but also of a virgin. And we're going to see that in just a few moments as well, prophesied from the book of Isaiah So keep that passage in mind. Then turn over to Galatians chapter 4 for a moment, just a few pages over. And again, just a secondary verse to support this. Galatians chapter number 4. And um, verse number 4. Galatians chapter 4. And verse number 4. But when the fullness of time was come, God sent forth His Son, notice this phrase, made of woman, made under the law. And So the first, very first prophecy that we see the Lord Jesus Christ fulfilling is the fact that He's born of a woman. And that was spoken of here in Genesis chapter number 3. Now let's go to Genesis chapter number 12. Okay, again, just trying to keep you in Genesis and then the first part of the New Testament there for a little bit. Make it a little easier turning around in Scripture. Genesis chapter 12. In verse number 1, Then now the Lord had said unto Abram, Get thee out of thy country and from thy kindred and from thy father's house unto a land that I will show thee. And I will make of thee a great nation. And I will bless thee, and make thy name great, and thou shalt be a blessing. And I will bless them that bless thee, and curse him that curseth thee. And in thee shall, notice this, all the families of the earth be blessed. Again, this is a prophecy of the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. That all the families of the earth are going to be blessed by the seed of Abraham. And so we have here a promise of the Christ child coming through the line of, of abraham stay in genesis and just turn over to chapter 22 for a moment genesis chapter 22 verse number 15 genesis chapter 22 verse number 15 and the angel of the lord called unto abraham out of heaven the second time and said by myself have i sworn saith the lord For because thou hast done this thing, it is not without thy son, thine only son, that in blessing I will bless thee, and in multiplying I will multiply thy seed as the stars of the heaven, and as the sand which is upon the seashore. And thy seed shall possess the gate of, notice this phrase, his enemies. So he's speaking here of an individual, not of the totality of the seed of Abraham. What is this individual that he's speaking of? Well, he refers to him in verse 18 as, in, in thy seed shall all the nations of the earth be blessed. A single person that is of the seed of Abraham that will bless all the families of the earth. And so we find that he was going to come from the line or from the seed of Abraham. So now let's go back to the New Testament in Matthew. Matthew chapter number 1. And verse number 1. Again, if you'll just hold a finger in Genesis, and maybe hold a finger there in Matthew to get back to the New Testament quickly, it'll make it much easier getting back and forth. Alright? Matthew chapter 1, verse number 1. The book of the generation of who? Of Jesus Christ, the son of David, the son of Abraham. Abraham. So, we find that there's a very quick and summarized lineage given here. We have Abraham, that through Abraham's line, David becomes king. And through David's line, the Lord Jesus Christ becomes king. So, all the way back to Abraham, Christ's lineage can be traced. A fulfillment of the direct prophecy that was given twice to Abram before his name was changed, and later on after his name was changed to Abraham. God reiterated that promise to him, that in his seed all the nations of the world would be blessed. Now hold your place there for a minute. Just If you want to turn over to Romans, if not I can read it to you. Romans chapter number 9. And again, just a reinforcement of this particular uh, prophecy being fulfilled. Romans chapter number 9. And uh, let's go ahead and say and start in verse number um, 3. He said, Paul is speaking here. He says, For I could wish that myself were accursed from Christ for my brethren, my kinsmen according to the flesh, who are Israelites. So Paul is saying, If it was possible, I would, I would suffer and go to hell for them on their behalf. He knows it's not possible, but he, he says he would. Who are the Israelites, to whom pertaineth the adoption and the glory and the covenants, and the giving of the law, and the service of God, and the promises, whose are the fathers, and whom as concerning the flesh, Christ came. So Christ came of the Israelites. The Israelites, of course, we know to be the children of Abraham, the seed of Abraham. So again, we find that he was of the line of Abraham. And that was one of the prophecies of the Old Testament. Now, to say he was from the line of Abraham is not specific enough, because if you recall, uh, there's a war going on even as we speak and as we stand here today between two of the children of Abraham, primarily. That is the children of Isaac, who the Bible refers to as the one of promise, the child of promise. But Abraham, if you remember, tried to take matters into his own hands, had a child by Sarah's handmaid, and had another son by the name of Ishmael. So, God specifies the direction the line of Abraham was going to take for the birth of the Lord Jesus Christ. And He does so by promising not only is Christ going to be of the seed of Abraham, but He's also going to be of the seed of Isaac, specifically. He's going to come through the line of Isaac. So, back in Genesis again. We're going to try to stay mostly in Genesis as long as we can make it easy on you. Genesis chapter 17. Genesis chapter number 17. And let's start in verse number 15. And God said unto Abraham, As for Sarah thy wife, thou shalt not call her name Sarai, but Sarah shall be her name. And I will bless her, and give thee a son also of her. Yea, I will bless her. And she shall be a mother of nations. Kings of people shall be of her. Then Abraham fell upon his face and laughed and said in his heart, Shall a child be born unto him that is a hundred years old? And shall Sarah that is ninety years old bear? And Abraham said unto God, O that Ishmael might live before thee. And God said, Sarah thy wife shall bear thee a son indeed. And thou shalt call his name Isaac. And I will establish my covenant with him for an everlasting covenant and with his seed after him. And so this promise of the coming Messiah, the Savior of the world, is to be issued through the line of Isaac and not through the line of Ishmael. Very specifically spoken of here that this everlasting covenant that the Lord was going to do with Isaac Uh, was going to be regarding the seed of Isaac that would come up after him. And so uh, then over in Genesis 21, we see again it's reiterated. Genesis chapter 21, the same promise. Genesis chapter 21. Verse number 12 and God said unto Abraham, Let it not be grievous in thy sight, because of the lad and because of thy bondwoman. In all that Sarah hath said unto thee, hearken unto her voice, for in Isaac shall thy seed be called. So again, the promise, the reiteration that the Messiah would come through, this seed of Abraham that was to bless all the nations and all the families of the world. Uh, was to come through the line of Isaac specifically. So now back to the New Testament and the Gospels there. You got Matthew, Mark, Luke. We're going to turn to the book of Luke. Luke chapter 3. Luke chapter 3. If you take time to read through the chapter, you'll find that a fairly detailed lineage is given here. As we get down to verse number 34, the lineage ends up in, it says here, which was the son of Jacob, which was the son of Isaac, which was the son of Abraham, which was the son of Therah, which was the son of Nahor and it goes on and on and on. So you see a very specific lineage given here that it was Abraham's seed that was then given to Isaac. And then you're going to find out that another prophecy that was fulfilled was not only was it enough for him to uh, promise that it would come through Isaac, but Isaac had two sons, didn't he? Jacob and Esau. And specifically, Christ was going to come through. And this is interesting. Christ was going to come through which one? Not Esau. Not Esau but Jacob, right? Think about this for a moment. The birthright and the blessing always went to the firstborn. And isn't it interesting that rather than the promised seed coming through the firstborn, it comes actually through Jacob, who was not the firstborn. And yet we find that Christ did it or God did it this way and brought it through the line of Jacob. And uh, we find that was prophesied and uh, in the book of Numbers, chapter 24 and verse number 17, if you want to write that reference down, this was prophesied that he would not only be of the seed of Abraham, they would not only be of the seed of Isaac, but specifically he would also come from the seed of Jacob specifically. If you'll remember, Jacob is the place where Israel gets its name from. Uh, Jacob, at, at a later time in his life, as he finally, his heart softens, he turns to the God of uh, that's no longer referred to as the God of his father Abraham or the God of his father Isaac. He now, from that point on in his life, refers to him as his God. And by the way, it's not enough to just have parents that are godly parents. At some point, God needs to become your God. And, uh, and he does so in Jacob's life. At the time of this transforming work in Jacob's heart, in Jacob's life, he said, your name shall be no more Jacob, but Israel Israel. And this is the name that the Israelite people have borne throughout all of these centuries now, through the line of Jacob. And we find it here fulfilled in Luke chapter number 3 and verse number 34. So we find that Christ was prophesied to be born of a woman. He was prophesied to be from the seed of Abraham. He was prophesied to be from the seed of Isaac. He was prophesied to be from the seed of Jacob. And so far, we are four for four. Isn't that amazing? Not one of them have been missed yet. How many of you think we're going to see some that are missed? <laughs> Not one of them are going to be missed, are they? He fulfills them all. All right. So let's take a look at some others here. Let's go to. Um, oh, let's see here. Let's go to. Let's go to Second Samuel. I know that was a little bit out of the way in the Old Testament, Second Samuel. But this will be the only one we'll do in Second Samuel. All right. Let's go to Second Samuel. Second Samuel Chapter 7. Second Samuel chapter 7. God is going to send Nathan the prophet to David, who was king of Israel at the time, and give him some some things that the Lord is going to promise to David. He talks about the fact that He's going to allow uh, David to prepare some things to have the house of the Lord built. He deals with a few of these things. And as we get down to verse number... um, Let's start in verse number 9. And I was with thee, whithersoever thou wentest, and have cut off all thine enemies out of thy sight, and have made thee a great name, like unto the name of the great men that are in the earth. Moreover, I will appoint a place for my people Israel, and will plant them, that they may dwell in a place of their own, and move no more. Neither shall the children of wickedness afflict them any more as before time. (coughs) Excuse me. And as since the time that I commanded judges to be over my people Israel, and have caused thee to rest from all thine enemies, also the Lord telleth thee that he will make thee an house. And when thy days be fulfilled, and thou shalt sleep with thy fathers. Now again, he's speaking to David here. I will set up thy seed after thee, which shall proceed out of thy bowels, and I will establish his kingdom. He shall build a house for my name and I will establish I will establish the throne of his kingdom forever. So what David is being promised by God is there's going to come out of your seed one that will build a house for me. He's referring there specifically to Solomon, but also prophetically of the Lord Jesus. Remember he said, if they tear down this temple, I will raise it up in 3 days. So we find it's got a dual purpose here. But he specifically tells us in verse number 12, uh, verse number 13, that He says, I will establish the throne of His kingdom for how long? Forever. This is beyond the time of the rapture. This is beyond the time of tribulation. This is beyond even the time of the millennial reign of the Lord Jesus Christ. The throne of the King of David will be ruled on by the Lord Jesus Christ Himself. David's throne was going to be the possession of the heir of his seed, which would be the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, let's go to the book of Luke again. First part of the Gospels there Matthew, Mark, Luke. Chapter 1. Luke chapter 1. Verse number 26. And in the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent from God unto a city of Galilee named Nazareth, to a virgin, espoused to a man whose name was Joseph, of the house of David. Isn't that interesting? Of the line of David. And the virgin's name was Mary, and the angel came in unto her and said, Hail, thou that art highly favored, the Lord is with thee, blessed art thou among women. And when she saw him, she was troubled at his saying, and cast in her mind what manner of salutation this should be. And the angel said unto her, Fear not, Mary.